This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And hello, hello. You are here live with Dr. Jeff Gerber. Here uh, the next 30 minutes on Pet Life Radio. Ask the best with Dr. Jeff. And um, we're here for you. We're here for your pets. Um, uh, because of some of the fact that I am in Mexico right now, the only way you can get a hold of me is going to be by going ahead and calling me live at 1-877-385-8882. Once again, 877 385 I'm in the current uh, trying to connect with my Zoom link, my, and they're having trouble collecting my live video. I think that's probably because of the fact that I'm here in Mexico. So uh, I was hoping to um, have everybody join me here live, and um, I guess it may not happen that way, but I'm doing my best. So uh, we're getting settings, and um, yeah, it's going to be uh, a little tough, but you know, it is what it is. So anyway, so as you know, that if you want to get a hold of me, you can get a hold of me through uh, Mark, our producer. Uh, again, try that uh, toll-free number. Uh, otherwise, you can get me here on, uh, and I said, I'm trying to connect with my uh, Zoom. Uh, excuse me, Zoom wouldn't work for some reason. I think Zoom is US, and therefore we couldn't get here on Zoom in Mexico. I mean, Cabo San Lucas, that's the, uh, the tan. I was going to think of doing this on the balcony, but the sun is so bright that you couldn't see the picture. I didn't want to make you jealous anyway by not being here with me. <laughs> it's really, really cool. So uh, I'm going to continue to um, try to uh, connect the video. I don't know why that happens. It shouldn't be. I mean, everything else works on video here. And I'm, I'm hooked up to the, the uh, hotel Wi-Fi, so it doesn't make a difference. But what can I do? Anyway, so a couple of things I wanted to uh, discuss while we're waiting for some feedback from you as far as what you want to talk about. And we can talk about anything. So um, I'm going to uh, do some my uh, my homework. And let's see if they're uh, having trouble. I don't know why they're having trouble connecting. So. Um, couple of stories I, I found that I thought were very interesting. Number one is the fewer winter daylight hours can affect our own pets, believe it or not. So first of all, dogs and cats have their own rhythm, their own what we call a circadian rhythm. So they too are affected now that the days are shorter in many places. Now, from my understanding, I may be wrong, but I think this is the last year that we're going to have standard time. I think uh, from what I know, which is very little, is that daylight savings time is going to prevail and uh, none of this getting walking out of work at 4.30 or 4.45 and already being pitch black, which uh, most people hate. I'd rather have the darkness in the morning. You get up early. You expect it to be dark. That's okay. But I want the daylight to last. And um, this getting off, I mean, literally, you're driving home. It's dangerous. It's, I find the traffic is worse because people can't see. And when they can't see, they drive like old ladies. And it's like, it's crazy. Um, we always say the little old lady from Pasadena. And, um, you know, they're up against, you know, you can tell a driver that's not really comfortable when the steering wheel is practically hitting them in the chest. They're so close to the, the windshield. It's like, oh, my God, if heaven forbid you get hit, you have no time to react. You're so close up against them. Your forehead's already hitting the windshield and you haven't hit anybody yet. So um, anyway, that's that's what I have with the drivers in L.A. And especially when it gets dark early. It's like the rain. If you really want to see bad drivers in L.A., you just have it rain. And I'm talking a little drizzle because we're so not used to really bad rain that when it does, oh my God, you think it's a blizzard. It's a snowstorm. They're driving two miles an hour. It's insane. So I think that having daylight longer is going to be good. But for our pets, 
we find that they are less active in the winter. It's because it could be cold, but it's also because of daylight hours. They may vocalize less. They drink less water. And you might even notice some slight behavior changes. So if you've noticed this in your pets, that's kind of what's going on. It could be that they're just not doing as well. And uh, that is a problem. So my second story is going to be my last one. And that is Thanksgiving. It's four days away. Yeah, four days away. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Oh, my God. It's just like snuck up behind us. Anyway, uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. November is and has been for the last... But 20 days, National Pet Diabetes Month. So, and basically it's, it's for spreading awareness about diabetes. And um, so anyway, just know that it's there. So um, we see diabetes in pets, uh, more common in middle age and older dogs and cats. Interestingly, regardless of age of onset, the dogs get type one diabetes, which is insulin dependent diabetes. Cats, however, get type 2 diabetes, which in people is associated with adulthood as well, but also with obesity is one of the number one predisposing causes, diet and obesity. And we see this in cats as well. So a lot of old, heavy cats can get type 2 diabetes. That means it's insulin. It's not insulin dependent. You usually have to start treating with insulin, but there might be some oral medications that could be used to help with the signs of diabetes. But the key is that we have to keep your cats lean. And I'm just as bad. One of my cats is just so big, and he's not even a huge eater. Interestingly, the, my leanest cat and smallest cat in weight is the biggest eater. He's got amazing metabolism. I actually I tested him for hyperthyroidism, thinking, oh, my God, maybe he's hyperthyroid, which he is not. He just, I mean, he's, look, if he was any of us, we'd be, we'd be tickled pink. You could eat almost anything you want and not gain a pound. How cool is that? So that's Ollie, Oliver. He's like that. But anyway... You want to be careful with type 2 diabetes. Type 1 diabetes, like with people, we can't control. You can't predict it. You can't prevent it. It is what it is. Whether it's a virus, whether it's an infection, whether it's just uh, some death of the islet cells, islet cells of Langerhans, which are the cells that are producing the insulin, they just break down. And we don't necessarily know why. Sometimes it's genetic. A friend of mine, a colleague of mine, a high school classmate of mine, actually in his 50s, and we're talking one of the healthiest guys on the planet. He's a cardiologist. He's actually also a preventive cardiologist. And that's what he studies. It's heart disease. He is in such amazing shape. And he was diagnosed in his 50s, and which is so weird. Of all people, my friend would say, I would never think it, right? Because he's in such good shape. And not type 2 diabetes, type 1 diabetes. That's insulin-dependent diabetes. Now he's got the pump and he's, he's amazing shape. He, knows it. he doesn't even need the guide to tell him how much insulin he should deliver. He can sit down to a meal, look at the meal, and know exactly what he should be turning his little knob on to deliver the insulin. And, um, but what's so interesting about this case is that he was at a conference. And about three or four weeks later, he gets a call from a colleague, also a cardiologist, at the same conference, who in his early 60s came down with type 1 diabetes. Well, what's the link there, right? What, something they ate? No, probably a virus. So anyway, that's how weird it can happen. So um, as far as what we can do with dogs, not much. With cats, prevention. And uh, when we have diabetes in animals, you got to be prepared. It's uh, usually insulin shots twice a day. The long-acting insulins, long-acting for people don't seem to work well in pets, so we have to give it twice a day. And it's a lot of monitoring. Now they have these little great devices that you can hook up to a dog or a cat, and you have a little reader that you wave your reader against this little disc that is now adhered to the skin with a little, like a stylet that goes and is continually reading the blood glucose. And you can, at least it's easier to monitor. You don't have to prick 
your dog in the ear or where the toenail, whatever you used to do to get a little blood sample. And you can read there. It's called Libra. And uh, it's really, really cool. So, oh, this is also cool. On October 24th at the Rosamond Gifford Zoo in New York, all right, twin male elephants were born. Uh, they were 10 hours apart. And twins, by the way, which is why this made some news at the American Veterinary Medical Association, are very rare. I mean, certain animals like goats, often twins. But elephants, very rare to have twins. They were both doing great, the calves. They're called elephant calves. But um, that, look, that is really, when you think about it, how cool is that? Twin baby elephants. And uh, elephants, if you've ever been up close and personal, they are really smart. And I'm sure you've heard stories about these circus elephants that, when given an opportunity, went ballistic and chased after the trainer. Now, interestingly, there was one video I saw that was fascinating of an elephant charging down in the circus area, and he was passing many bystanders. He was not interested in them at all. He was going after the trainer. And what does it tell you? That the training techniques that are used in a lot of these circuses are just really unacceptable. And they really, really somehow hurt or torture the elephants. And this elephant, remember, elephants don't forget. And he was going after this guy. And uh, oh, yeah, it's amazing. So if elephants could talk, he'd be telling us right now how badly he was treated. And that's why he was going after the trainer. So uh, what else? Before we go on a break, I want to also talk about this. This is interesting. It's called gastropexy. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it is an often now an elective procedure often added on to a spay and even a neuter in large breed deep chested dogs. Why? Because many, many of these deep chested large breed dogs can get something that is called bloat GDV. It's a gastric stomach dilatation and volvulus. It dilates, it fills up with gas and then it rotates on its axis, okay, usually clockwise. And, and it, when it rotates, what it does, it breaks off. It's like picturing taking a, a balloon, a water balloon, and twisting. Someone holds both ends, the air that you blow in and then the, the, the end. And while someone's holding those two ends, you just twist the, 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 the stomach around or the, the balloon around. So what happens? Now, that is if you put, tie a knot on both ends. So what does that mean? You can't blow in it anymore because it's knotted up. But in the stomach, the gas continues to build. And... Now there's no escape of the gas. It can't escape through the esophageal end called the cardia. It can't escape through the pylorus, which is leading in to the small intestine. And now you have, it fills up with air and gas and literally can rupture. It is an emergency. And what happens is that the spleen gets stuck in there too. And then the blood supply to the spleen is cut off. And then you get a spleen that starts becoming just enlarged because of the blood, it can't. It can. It comes in, but it can't go out. So it is really, really dangerous problem. Anyway, surgery, if you get to it soon enough, is the only way to fix it. You have to derotate. Oftentimes, depending on how long it took you to get in, uh, you're going to have a lot of damage to the stomach wall. You might have to remove the spleen. It's really a huge problem. So now let's go back to Pexi. Because of that, as a preventive measure, we can do something during a spay in these dogs, or even a neuter. Spay is easier because you're already making a midline abdominal incision to access the stomach. All you have to do is advance your incision a little bit more cranially towards the front end, towards the chest. But with an, a male neuter, that you're, you're really working, not even going into the abdomen. So it's a little tougher to uh, talk about, but it is preventive. So what you do is, 
we take the right side of the stomach and we attach it to the body wall at the level of the, say, somewhere between the 11th and 13th rib. And that way it's adhered, it's stuck, so it cannot rotate. So it's a preventive measure that we do when we're already in surgery to prevent the possibility of bloat down the road. And if you've ever had a dog that, that suffered from bloat or GDV, uh, as you know, it's potentially deadly if you don't get to it in time. And even if you do, it is a major, major surgery. And it usually there are some permanent ramifications of having to do the surgery. As I said, you're doing splenectomies, which that, that's not terrible, but you sometimes even have to take away part of the stomach because the stomach tissue dies. So anyway, it's a huge problem. Talk to your veterinarian about it. It's an elective to do it electively. It's called gastropexy. And if you have a large breed, deep chested dog, especially if there's been bloat in the family, uh, you might want to consider that. Anyway, don't go away. We'll be right back after these short messages here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jim. For those fortunate to have experienced the deep bond and unconditional love of a companion animal, the death that follows can be one of the most difficult and misunderstood losses to go through. Many times, this devastating loss goes unrecognized and trivialized by family and friends, leaving grieving pet parents struggling to find healthy ways to cope with the loss. In And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal for healing the loss of a pet, Dr. Julianne Corbin calls attention to the difficulties unique to the loss of a beloved pet and provides an interactive and compassionate guide to help you process your loss and work towards coming to a place of peace and healing. For those interested in journal therapy and looking for a professionally written and compassionate resource to help understand and reconcile the grief associated with the loss of your pet, this book is for you. And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal by Julianne Corbin is now available for purchase on Amazon and other major book retailers. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, so here we're live again, and finally, I was able to uh, open up my Instagram. I don't know why it didn't happen. I had to open up my phone and my internet. Internet alone wasn't going to do it. It was having trouble connecting, so now I'm doing roaming, so I'll probably use up my battery in no time, but you know what? You're worth it. Anyway, um, here, you're here live with Dr. Jeff. I am obviously my, my simulcast with Pet Life Radio. I couldn't even get into Zoom, and I realized it, it says you can't connect to Zoom. Why? I think because Zoom is Zoom US, and here I am in Mexico, and they said, oh, no, 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 you're not, you're not going to connect to Zoom when you're in Mexico. So anyway, uh, we're doing it, believe it or not. Mark, what are we on? We're on, uh, on Facebook, and uh, Facebook. so we're doing live on Facebook video. So now, I know, I know, a little old-fashioned, but what can you do? Anyway, so uh, as you know, the, the spiel, we're here for you. I'm having a, a great time in Cabo. It is absolutely stunning. If I look a little tanner, it's not the lighting. It's because I am, and that's okay because the R&R is great, but it's really, we're in a, a super, super nice resort, and uh, I don't know if I deserve it, but it is, it's fun anyway, and trust me, <laughs> it's costing me, so 
<laughs> so people say, oh God, lucky you, no, not so lucky me. So uh, anyway, but it's really, really nice. It's called the Grand Velas. And um, yeah, no, we're having a good time. So just a couple of stories um, that you may have missed early in the show. Oh, that's a good, yes, we'll get to that. Uh, someone told me the dogs go through a teen phase at three. Yes, not only is it true, but my Labrador is 11 and he's still through that teen phase. So just like with kids, I don't want to tell him he's 11 because he is so young at heart and he's so active. I don't want to blow it. If I, I feel that if I tell him he's 11, it's like me when I tell people my age, I go, oh my God, that's too old. I should, I'm not going to say that anymore. That's a, that's a dirty word. So I'm going to, you know, kind of like same thing with dogs. So yeah, you know, they can go through a phase where they, whether it's teenage, but they, you know, are become extremely mischievous, active. They want to do things their own way. And it takes a little time to, to get them to calm down. As you always say, they'll outgrow it. Usually they do. You know, we say young, a young dog might be six. By the time they hit seven or eight big dogs, seven smaller dogs, eight cats, eight, eight, nine. That's when we actually, believe it or not, start calling them senior. And they don't like to hear it either. Just like with us, we don't like to hear it. They don't like to hear it. So, uh, but it is what it is. So um, we talked about daylight hours and, you know, dogs can show some behavior issues uh, with the shorter days. And I don't know what in other states, I know, I believe in California, um, this is the last year of standard time. We're keeping daylight savings time forever. Um, I'm happy about it. I hate getting out of work at five o'clock and it feels like it's midnight. It's so dark. I'm trying to not have that. So I'm okay with it. I don't know what, how you guys feel. I'm glad that this is the last year. We don't really have Halloween in my area, but it's like dark when you're driving home at five o'clock, right? And I think that's why they waited to after because years ago, it was dangerous. You had all these kids crossing the street. So when usually you did it the last Saturday night of October. Now it's the first of November. And I really think that was the reason. I think it's for the same logic. I think they're going to do away with it altogether, which I, I'm kind of happy about. All right. We talked about diabetes, National Pet Diabetes Month this month. It's just a matter of you know, get some education, talk to your veterinarians if you have pets that have diabetes. Dogs are often going to get type one, regardless of when it, uh, the onset, the age of onset. Cats, usually obesity related, it's type two diabetes, but both at least start with insulin. Cats, sometimes they can wean off insulin and go straight to some oral medications that are very effective. So, oh, so we just talked about something that's very important, and that's gastropexy. And that is a procedure, as an elective procedure, when a dog is being spayed, mostly large breed deep chested dogs. Because what happens is they can get a stomach rotation, which is potentially deadly. It kills stomach tissue. It can sometimes kill the spleen. It blocks off the blood supply. There's no escape for the gas. And the stomach literally can rupture. So um, some of the times what we do, we recommend when we have a large breed deep-chested dog during a spay, we'll go ahead and pexy, basically attach the stomach, the right side of the stomach to the right body wall, and it prevents it from rotating, from, from turning on its axis. So um, something that they good. So anyway, now you're caught up. So um, next thing I want to talk about were, were a few different things before we get on to a very important Thanksgiving coming up four days away. So, um, and that is that it was a follow-up to a discussion we had uh, last week or the week before about adopting senior pets. And so now shelters are waiving, interestingly, the fees for senior pet adoptions, which takes me to another story. This, I'd love to hear you guys, you know, feelings about this. You know, look, I had animals my entire life. And right now we have 10, five dogs and five cats. We've had up to 11, 12 at one point. And um, people always ask, when's the right time when you have to say goodbye to a pet? When's the right time to think about getting another pet? And, you know, first of all, it's a very, very personal decision. For me, 20 minutes. I mean, as soon as I can find the right pet and I look right away, 
What have I found over the years, my wisdom or lack thereof, is that what I find that people say, well, God, I feel so badly because my dog that passed or my cat that passed, you know, the fact that I'm replacing them, you're never going to replace them. Never, never, never. And that's not the reason why we get another pet. We get a pet for us. The only one that hurts, that is affected by not having a pet is us. We're the ones that are affected. And of course, the animals at the shelter that are being put to sleep because you waited too long to go down and adopt a pet. So for me, what it boils down to is don't wait too long. But this is what I have found. My, as I said, maybe my little wisdom, you call it that, if you will. And that is that when you get another pet, inevitably, there's going to be something about that new pet, whether it's a vocalization, whether it's a behavior, it's an expression, something that they do. And you'll find yourself saying, oh my God, Thor used to do that. Or for me, Woody used to do that. That's how you're going to memorialize your past pets is through your future pets. Not to mention, bed gets really lonely when you don't have that dog or cat to cuddle up with anymore. So it is my feeling. But for those of you who aren't ready, this is very interesting. It's already been proven that dogs can comfort people through the grieving process. So if you have other pets at home, then you're kind of lucky because you, you're getting, you know, you have other dogs to, to comfort you. But there's an alternative to adopting new pets right away. And uh, that is while you're going through the mourning phase, think about fostering a dog, okay, from a rescue. You don't have to make a commitment, but it just fills a void. And the only way to fill that void is through another pet. You can go and volunteer walking dogs at a shelter, all right, or a rescue. They, they love that. You can uh, spend time with a friend or neighbor's dog obviously. You can house it for a neighbor's dog or volunteer to take the dog for a walk during the day if you have time. And also you can go to a dog park, go to a dog park without a dog. And interestingly, there is a, um, a great dog park in LA. I love the concept. It's called Dog PPL. If you've ever heard of it, it's fantastic. It is a membership dog park. Uh, these guys, these three guys bought a parking lot down in Santa Monica and they converted it, fenced it in, double gated the whole bit into a, a dog park that's not just for the dogs, but it's a destination for dog parents, pet parents as well. They have a beer and wine license. So, so you can go and they find is that many people have certain schedules in their daytime, their work or weekends. So many of the people go back around the same time and you start meeting, socializing with new friends that you've met through your pets. So the dogs are off running, having a blast. They have a little pool, they have water things, they have bubbles that the dogs have an absolute blast. And the owners are sipping some wine and having a beer and chilling. And um, it's really cool. So uh, anyway, I, I did a, um, back when influenza and lepto were becoming an issue, since especially in Santa Monica, we did a pop-up vaccine clinic at Dog PPL. And I love these guys. It's such a great place. And it was amazing, not just how much fun the dogs were having, but how much fun the parents were having. And uh, anyway, something to, uh, to consider. But if you want to get your dog fixed, and you're not ready to adopt a dog, place like that really does help because you're just engaging and um, it's fantastic. So um, now, before we break, we start a little late, so you, you didn't miss as much as you think you missed because we, Mark and I could not, our producer couldn't get Zoom going. We tried Skype, remember that, Skype? Anyway, we couldn't get our Skype going. I think, I don't know, does anybody Skype anymore? And then, so Mark says, wait a second, let's try Facebook. I don't ever go on to Facebook, but he reached me on Facebook and I saw, I collected, yes, I accept. And here we are, we're here on Pet Life Radio on Facebook, not on Zoom. 
And uh, of course, we, we have to say goodbye. And I'm trying to wave to everybody. I wish you were here in, in Cabo. It, it's great. We're going back today, uh, back to the grind. I'll be there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday morning. Uh, look, I would go on Thanksgiving Day because what am I going to do Thanksgiving Day anyway? I'm missing all these days at work. I want to see my pets. I want to see my patients. But that's um, yeah, not going to happen. So Thanksgiving, you know, this is the time where we have a lot of overlap. We just had Halloween. That we were guarding against and warning you about the candies and the wrappers and the trick-or-treaters and, the, you know, your dog's escaping, et cetera. With Thanksgiving, it's most likely, and coming up, we'll talk, we'll save Christmas and Hanukkah for another month away. But it's all about the foods and you still have a lot of friends. It's, it's the booze. So you got to be careful. The foods are going to be fatty. They're going to be salty. Turkey skin is not great. Ham is often pretty fatty. So you really want to be careful. Turkey bones are too soft. So you got to avoid the turkey bones. So when you think about it, yes, you don't want to shoo your dogs into another room. Let them be part of the festivities. Let them have a good time. But you make sure that they're eating things that they can eat, things that are safe for your dogs or your cats. And again, watch if you have decorations, any fatty foods, any condiments you're going to have, along with all your food, any side dishes, you just be careful. A lot of the stuff is salty, is fatty. What else they say? Too much sweet, uh, maybe some alcohol. Obviously, you got to be careful. And don't kid yourself. A lot of dogs like alcohol. I'm sure I shared the story before. When I was in Berkeley, my Labrador retriever, Thor, came to school with me. He was the best roommate I ever had. But anyway, he was, I shouldn't say that because my brother, my senior year, my, my brother was a freshman at Cal. I was a senior at Cal and we lived together. So my second best roommate I ever had. But anyway, but Thor was great. But we were at a party and uh, one Friday afternoon and uh, it was the TG party. I'm sure you're familiar. And uh, all of a sudden I hear all this hooping and hollering and I'm looking around and there's Thor. Some guy was holding his big glass of beer at his side, not realizing that Thor was around. So all of a sudden he feels the slop on his hands of the beer. Being it's like, who's, who's messing with my beer? And there was Thor lapping up his beer. And instead of like shooing him away, he thought it was so funny. He let him have the beer and then someone else came and let him have the beer. Meanwhile, my dog got slonkered. He, he was drunk. He could not walk a straight line. If he was pulled over by the cops, he would fail. He would be DUI. And uh, anyway, it was, it was kind of funny, but you realize dogs do like alcohol and alcohol poisoning is a problem. So you really, really, really need to be careful uh, with alcohol and your pets. So anytime you're having festivities, you're having a holiday party, people are coming over. When you have all these things that are bad for our dogs, right? You got to be careful. And of course, if you have candles at a table, I tell you, we're doing this all the time and you'll hear about it again. Cats, cats are so intrigued by a flicker, a flame. That's why they like moving objects. I'm sure that you've, you've done the laser light with them. So you got to be really, really careful because they, they want to touch it. And if they touch it, besides burning themselves, oftentimes they're going to sort of tip that candle over. And again, then you're looking at some trouble. So be safe, have a happy Thanksgiving. We will be here next week on Sunday, back to my normal studio, which is my home studio, not a wonderful hotel room overlooking a gorgeous be uh, beach. If you saw, I sent some videos and, and pictures. I mean, this is really nice. I, I hope too many of you aren't jealous. Um, you can come to a place like this too. It's really, really, really nice. Um, anyway, so have a great week, everybody. Stay safe on Thursday. Um, if there are any, let me see before we go, let me see if there are any other um, questions that I did not answer. I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. Um, thought, oh, um, nighttime incontinence after bladder surgery removes true bites. Ah, okay, so if we just had bladder surgery, uh, yes, so the bladder is going to be inflamed. And with that, um, there are going to be some irritation. 
So the when the bladder gets thickened, all right, and again with, with recent surgery, um, this is going to happen. They um, they this the bladder doesn't stretch as much, so therefore the ability to hold the urine in uh, is affected. So they might leak a little bit after the surgery, um, and it, it hopefully should go away. Um, uh, depending on when the surgery was done, I would recommend you can do some things that would. Uh, oh, first of all, one thing you could do is because of the surgery, because of potential infection, because of struvite stones usually have a nidus of infection, meaning it started with an infection, um, have that urine culture. Have it, well, first urinalysis, and if there are any bacteria, you want to culture, find out what the best antibiotic is, and then put the dog on antibiotics, because that um, might be the source of the infection right now, and thus the incontinence. Um, and if all else fails, um, it's been long time after surgery, you know, definitely over a month, six weeks after surgery, so the healing should have taken place already. There's no infection, then I would say it could be still some cystitis, which is an infl inflamed bladder, but I would start the dog on um, a urinary incontinence medication. Um, so it's called Proin, it's phenylpropanalamine. It's the active ingredient that used to be, and if you remember years and years ago, there was a diet uh, product, um, and uh, the active ingredient was phenylpropanalamine. What it does, it's, it strengthens the smooth muscle, the sphincter muscles of the bladder, and it, it tightens them up a little bit so there's less leakage. So um, uh, it was called Dexatrim. I don't think you can find it on the market anymore. They took it off the market. Then they took off Thunderbolt off the market because apparently they thought there was some link to women and, and um, uh, like strokes never materialized. Meanwhile, we used to love that drug. So anyway, now we have it back. Um, it's a veterinary product called Pro and it's chewable. And assuming you've ruled out all the other possibilities of a bladder inflammation, bladder infection, um, stones, crystals, uh, then I would recommend uh, trying the phenylpropanalamine, PPA, Proin, uh, to help with the incontinence. All right. If you have any more questions, um, Lindsay Clay, Lindsay Clay, then uh, you can reach me directly and we'll be happy to talk about it. How, also, let me know how long after the surgery it was. I mean, if it was within a month, it still could be surgery. But if it's more six weeks or more, it's probably not the actual surgery anymore, but an ultrasound of the bladder can tell us a lot. So there you go. All right. I think I hit everybody. So thank you for joining me here at Pet Life Radio and Instagram Live uh, next week back at home. Uh, we should not have these technical difficulties. So we will be, uh, Mark will be back on our regular um, Zoom US uh, and uh, we'll uh, be able to have our, our normal simulcast, which I love having. Anyway. Um, have a great week, everybody. Super safe Thanksgiving. And we'll see you here next, well, not here. We'll see you back home next Sunday. All right. Be well. Bye. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.